0: Hi everyone, my name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Tarot Talk. Hi everybody, welcome to Tarot Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, today on the show we are going to talk about the TV show black the British TV show actually called Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to tackle season one today. There are five seasons, I believe, of Black Mirror, and it's been really popular. This particular season came out in two thousand and eleven, and they're like mini movies. They're one of those you know British television shows do that a lot. We as Americans have started doing that quite a bit as well, but. They, I mean, Luther, there's been different series, British TV series that I've watched that have been only, you know, three to five episodes, but they're like mini movies, so Mm -hmm. like an hour and a half long. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're dealing with here. And yes, there looks like there has been five seasons, a film, a special, there's been some other stuff. So season one 2011 there are three episodes the first episode is called well let's just like reflect a little bit so this series explores um i think the running theme would be like how technology is changing society it's always how technology can affect us psychologically um and it also talks like the dark the darkness of humanity yeah right Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, I think
1: I was just going to say even other seasons, too, I think that really highlights what this whole series is about, which is um, in some ways like man playing God. Yeah. And we, we've seen this in classic horror films in the past with, um, you know, what happens when man plays God, whether it's Frankenstein's monster or um, the invisible man or... Um, the Wolfman, you know, these situations where we are experimenting with things and trying to control things, and then they end up coming back to harm us. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of that in this. And then also the way that people, um, how do I want to say this? The way that the, the group think. There's mm-hmm. a lot of group think mm-hmm. in this too, so.
0: Absolutely. I am... Um... I have not watched all the seasons of Black Mirror, I haven't but either I'm looking forward to I think it might be good to every couple of months do a season of it because it's highly psychological mm-hmm. so maybe that's our goal is we're doing season one today, and then every couple of months we'll we'll tackle a season mm-hmm. um because they're some of them are very difficult to watch unless, I must say mm-hmm. um when this show was recommended to me. Um, The person sort of said, oh, yeah, you should have you watched Black Mirror? You should watch. But wait, well, no, maybe maybe not. Maybe you wouldn't like it. (laughs) It was one of those Um, because, yes, it is. uh, Well, the darker side of humanity, Mm -hmm. the darker side of human nature is definitely addressed. And uh, but yeah, so maybe every couple of months we'll do a season because I think it's right up our wheelhouse as far as discussion topics. So the first episode is called The National Anthem. So Prince, I'll just set each one up and then we'll talk about, I'll just set this one up. Princess Susanna, a member of the British Royal family has been kidnapped to return the princess. The kidnapper demands that the country's prime minister has sexual intercourse with a pig on live television. Mm -hmm. That's basically the premise. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, this was the first episode. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. me too. And this, I mean, okay. So, I mean, uh, where to start? So I know that this episode isn't the most popular episode of Black Mirror from some of the reading I was doing. Um, no, I, I mean, the I, critics love it, but I think people don't
1: really like this episode. I rewatched it. Yeah, um, what did
0: you? Did you remember it how you remembered yeah, it before? I, I
1: did. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, and, and I looked at some of the reviews on it and people yeah. who had broken it down. I think the main Takeaway from this episode, mm-hmm. for me, and from what some of the other um, peeps peeps who were talking about it took from it, is how much the audience, whether it's the American audience or the audience of your city or whatever, mm-hmm. determines what we value. Mm-hmm. And so, specifically in this episode, the public's appetite for humiliation. Mm-hmm offers permission to dehumanize another person and I think that to me is the most weighted piece of this like there's all this stuff going on that's really grotesque and violent and dark but how much people love to be voyeurs until they are and then they go oh god maybe I didn't Want that so much.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what I was saying about this show in general when I got the recommendation. It's exactly like that. It's like the person was like, Oh, you got to see this. Oh, maybe you wouldn't like it because Mm -hmm. that person knows that I might not appreciate um, that I deal with the darker side of human nature on a daily basis. And so maybe that's not what I want in my entertainment. Right. (laughs) However, I, so yes, I would say that this episode was difficult to watch in the sense that I I thought it was interesting because so of course there's other things going on in the episode there's the kidnapping there's a there's a suicide there's um you know we figure out who the person is that's blackmailing the prime minister or blackmailing the country and who's kidnapped and all that and that person happens to be an artist and Mm -hmm. you know it ensues and in this episode for part of it there's the decision-making process Mm -hmm. of whether or not he's actually going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, so, so that's the first conundrum for me is that the first half is figuring out they're actually at first they're dismissing it Mm -hmm. and then they're not dismissing it. Mm -hmm. And then his sort of, whatever you would call that in, in um, great Britain, the sort of like chief of staff person um, is a woman, as I remember. Mm -hmm. And they start discussing how they're going to do it yep. and that they're going to do it or are they going to do it? And I'm thinking that whole time I'm thinking it's like, like in our horror episode last week, like, really, you're going to walk down the hallway. <laughs> you're going to go to the you're going to go into the basement where the killer is. Yeah. Like, that's how it felt to me thinking, OK, and then, of course, we're extrapolating it to our situation now, our situation, you know, our political situation with COVID-19 and what the public can be led to believe and what they can think is right. And,
1: and I think also only being able to be only being able to be prepared for what we know. So like the saying is, you know, as it goes, our fantasy goes as far as our experience. And what I mean by that is, there's only so much we can prep um, for so- for something that we've never dealt with. So yes, you can be like, well, take what's going on right now. We should have had X amount of this. We should have X amount of that. And there's, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, I absolutely believe that we, we, we fell below the standards of this country. Mm-hmm. Fine. But what I'm more focused on pertaining to this episode and even where we are right now is sort of this old word, world versus new world, which mm-hmm. is... Um, we, in this situation, they're going, okay, my God, nothing like this has ever happened before. I guess we have to prepare for it in case we go through with it. Do we go through with it? I mean, yeah. what do you do? And, 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 and then now pulling it into what we're going through now, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Do we social distance? Do we shelter in place? Do we, does that going to help? Is that going to flatten the curve? Is that going to inevitably let everybody back outside? And we all get it anyway. So we go through all these different ways of trying to do this. And I think that's what, probably why you felt that when they were preparing to do it. Because it's like- they I don't think they knew what to do.
0: No, and I so of course, I mean th- this is what this show is about and what many shows are about is that we we think of ourselves and we think, all right, so if we if if our government or even ourselves was in that situation, how what would we do? And I mean so Americans have this kind of cultural norm that is in all of our entertainment around not negotiating with terrorists. Mm -hmm. Now, we all, you know, if you're a newsreader and a political scientist or a smart person even, you know that that is not always the case, that behind closed doors, terrorists are negotiated with. Mm -hmm. Let's just put that out there. So that's one of these, this is one of those situations where we like to put in our, you know, law and orders and our, well, not law and order, but like in our political dramas, we like to put that like, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those situations where that cultural norm came up for me. I was like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to negotiate with like, this is terrorism. I don't Mm want to negotiate with emotional terrorists in my own life. I certainly wouldn't want to negotiate with um, a, a real terrorist who's, Got my daughter, mm-hmm. but then it's your daughter, mm-hmm. right? And so, okay, so that's the first piece of this puzzle in this episode is that they're actually considering doing it, which for me was right. like, wait, what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, is it his daughter, or his niece? Not that it matters. Sorry, I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's someone. It's someone member. has been kidnapped. It's one um, of his family members.
0: Um, a member of the British royal family, Princess Susanna, which whoever that is. Anyway, um. So that's a thing for me. And then, okay, so then they decide to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're going to do it. Like I, I, I literally couldn't – it took me a while. I, I think I still sit in – and I've probably seen this episode twice. I watched it once when it – a couple of years ago, and then I watched it again for prepping for this episode, which is not something I really wanted to do, but I did it. Um, and I still don't think I'm over the fact that they – Decide to do it. It still doesn't ring true for me. It's kind of like, it's exactly like what we were talking about with horror movies. Like he, they go into the basement. Yeah, you know why are you going into the ba- why are you what? And so then okay, so then I'm going to try to get past it. And we, they're doing it, and then they're publicizing it on television. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a bunch of scenes where people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Do you remember having a reaction to like the people watching it? Yeah, and and that's sort of what I was. alluding to at the beginning, which was everyone is standing
1: around and excited. And, and I think again, it's like that whole, the reason why we watch horror, right? It's being that close to it without actually experiencing it yourself and, and being able to watch somebody else go through the horror of it, except this is real life. And then when they're not stopping it and they're not um, censoring it, everybody all of a sudden whoever has a conscience conscience anyway, yeah. goes, oh my God, why am I watching this? And yeah. like the reaction of, of almost like, oh, oh God, no, this is really, it's almost like pe- there was this disbelief that it would go that far. And people kind of showed up to see if it would and, and believed that it's something they wanted to see until they actually did. Yeah, And I feel like we are exposed to so much now because of the internet and live streaming and things like that where I, I remember when this came up maybe like 10 years ago now where they were starting to show some of the beheadings Yes, um, yes. and how people had this like curiosity mm-hmm. to actually see the guy holding the American's head and
0: I don't know, I mean... It's polarizing. I mean, I, yeah. I think this episode is one of the more polarizing episodes, at least, that I've watched recently. Um, but we'll see as we go through the seasons over the next year or so and kind of look at them. But, yeah, this one was – I mean, I think the political satire, it's a. It's 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 also – I think one of the things I kind of didn't know when I watched it the first time was, like, if I look at this as a political satire, it's a satire on um, – on that, on on people g- governing from it's like topping from the bottom, mm-hmm. as they say, uh, because the people are the ones that get him to do it. Mm-hmm. It's the crowd thing. Yeah, they determine. What- they de- they determined they voted or whatever. Yeah. They determined that he would do it. Yeah, and then when he does it, he's judged or backlashed or whatever it was. And then you, and I love how they, um, I love this guy's style because it's like this cold kind of realism, the way the show is crafted. Um, and w- I love the humanity of there's like the shots where they're watching it on TV, which is what we keep coming back to. And you're, and it's panning across the faces of them all. And you see exactly what Kathy's talking about. You see the like, is he really going to do it? Is he actually going to do Are you serious? We voted for that, but we didn't think you were really going to do it kind of thing. And they're not saying that, but you see it on their these face. faces. And these faces are really great the way they cast it because I'm sure these people don't didn't have speaking roles, but they, and then there's this reaction of, oh, fuck. He's actually doing it. And this is horrendous. He's like, I mean, it's really riveting and disgusting and horrible. Yeah. And it gave, And I just was like, I felt bad afterwards. I was like, am I really going to watch this series? And that's the first episode of the whole thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, am I really going to watch this series? Yeah,
1: that I, I hated sitting through that episode. Yeah, it was pretty hard. And I was like, okay. And then I feel bad for the pig. Oh, my God. I know. Like that part. I well, mean, because It is rape. It is rape. It's, an, I mean, it's, it's, that was adding on a whole abuse. nother
0: level for me was like, yeah. one, this guy, this guy is being, the prime minister is being raped as well mm-hmm. because being forced to, being, he's being forced, dehumanized, he's being raped, he's being objectified. Yeah. Humiliation humiliated. is like the least of the worries. It's like, yeah. this, this is a criminal act yeah. that's happening is that being forced, you know, men being forced to perform sexes a rape as well. And so, yeah. um, I just, it, uh, I'm, I have a difficult time with, with rape in movies to begin with, you too. know, we all have our own mm-hmm. bits and pieces. I have a difficult time with, uh, animal, any kind of animal death or torture in movies. And I think a lot of people have that trouble, um, mm-hmm. because they're innocent and et cetera. But yeah, it was brutal. So. If you're deciding to watch the Black Mary, Mirror, Mary, Black Mary, Black Mary. What am I, in Jack the Ripper time? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. The Black Mary. <laughs> I have been studying up for future episodes, but um, yeah, if you decide to watch it, that's the first episode. We've given you the basic idea. If you'd like to see it play out, maybe it won't be a shocking now that we've told you about it and then you could move on to other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, we can start to talk a little bit before the break about the second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, episode number two, again in 2011 in the first season, is called 15 Million Merits. Mm-hmm. So, Bing feels trapped, his this person's name feels trapped living in an enclosed, automated space as a member of a society that rides power generating stationary bicycles in exchange for merits. A form of, remember, this is sci fi. So, a form of currency they can use to buy necessities or entertainment. So, imagine, if you will, Uh, This you live in a box um, that's surrounded by screens and this is where you spend your time and every day you go out to where the bicycles are and you ride the bicycles for as long as you can to earn merits. So one day he hears a girl named Abby singing in the bathroom and falls in love with her. He decides to give her 15 million merits as a gift so that she can buy a ticket to appear on a talent show program. So they've got some stuff inside this world, and one of them is a talent show program like um, The Voice or, mm-hmm. or one of those. It's it's really actually like The Voice because mm-hmm. – so she's – whatever. So that's kind of how it starts. Um, Abby reluctantly accepts and enters the contest – um, but she's given a psychotropic beverage to drink before she goes on stage. Yeah, yeah, and things ensue. But let's like go with the premise here for a second.
1: Well, I just wanted to say when um when you're watching it, yeah, the setup of the conditions that they live in. Yes, when this so with this whole pandemic, I know we're bringing a lot of. This it's okay. I think that, that's super but, relevant. But I think it. I've said to multiple clients, I almost feel like what we are in right now is our own version of a Black Mirror episode because we as a society have learned to um, isolate Mm. by choice Mm -hmm. and be on screens and escape real human connection and not know our neighbors and all of that, especially if you live in bigger cities. yeah. And now we are forced to stay inside and um, we can't, out. To a certain extent, we can't go out and have our lives, and we're angry about it. And I think there's so much irony there. <clears throat> but the the this little po- it's almost like a pod that they sleep in with these with these uh, big like wall- walls that are almost like large iPads mm. that you can <laughs> you can plug into whatever you want to. You can set a scenery up if you want to. Mm-hmm make it look like your room's bigger and you're looking out into a farm, you can and then your TV pulls up and it's basically just a bed. yeah, and they lay in that room all day, yeah, unless they're on their bikes.
0: No, I mean, that's what you know, in a sci-fi kind of thing, um, like very dystopian,
1: yeah, uh. they've uh, some of the articles even re- were comparing Abby and Bing. To the characters in 1984 george orwell's 1984 mm, yeah i think it's yeah. a
0: theme it's that austere yeah um sci-fi world I, I ta- police I, right i talked about it a little bit last week uh the movie the platform in our shrink chat show mm-hmm. and that's like that as well it's got that austere killer be killed lord of the flies for those of you who mm-hmm. read that in high school great book mm-hmm. um the movie's, good. the movie's good too oh good yeah Yeah, 1984, uh, end of the world, dystopian. And that, you know, in YA literature in the last 15 years, that's been dystopian literature is like the thing. Mm -hmm. End of the world, you know, Outlander, et cetera. So that's why we're getting all the zombie apocalypse stuff too. But like this is one of those scenarios. It's like what technology could ultimately do to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now in our world, as we move into a hyper-technological space, It's like you said, we're in our, we could be in our own little version of a Black Mirror episode and, and there will certainly be lots of art coming out of what we're experiencing right now and what we have not yet experienced.
1: My brother said something the other day, um, which I thought was, we were talking about this over the phone, my brother, Chris, who did the episode of the car with us way back. And we were, we were talking about just the isolation. And he said, you know, so many people think that art happens without restriction. And he's like, it's really the opposite. He's like, art and creativity happens the most when we are restricted. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: and I think that there's so much truth to that because what we're capable of with limitations, I think says so much more than what we're capable of without limitations. I think you're right. So, you know, this, this whole pandemic, I think there's going to be a lot of really Amazing things that come out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of it's, you know, A lot I mean, of the best of- art is born out of pain, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's- not to make light of it or, no, or say that it's, it's a very happening painful. for a
0: reason. I mean, it's just, it's dichotomous, I guess. Well, that's just what we know about art and creativity is that a lot of, yeah. Um, because we want to, I mean, I think art and creativity is a representation of our souls. It's what we want to say to the world, it's what people want to say to the world. And, this time is something that is connecting people to their um their most positive and most negative qualities probably so it'll be interesting to work that out psychologically in the culture um as we move through it um yeah, the, the, that cramped little room got me. And then it's like, um, the other thing that reminds me of, he's in there with a little controller, mm-hmm. and it's like Xbox. It mm-hmm. feels like Xbox. And so as the show, as the episode progresses, um, you know, she gets drugged. She's going to go on The Voice. We're going to yeah. call it The Voice, because whatever. Um, she's going to do her singing. She goes up there and does her thing, and then... These judges are not just singing judges. These judges make decisions on your whole life. So what they decide is, okay, so she's a great singer. What, what should we have her do with her life? And then they decide that she would be better off as a porn, pornographic um, actress. Yeah, I, I think
1: this was so, um, it's such a true representation of the Hollywood scene for many young women. And when they're told one thing, mm-hmm. they're tricked into another. And we've seen this with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing that is coming out and, or that has been coming out. But this objectification of, if you do this, look at what your life can be. And then only to be, you know, drugged proverbially or not mm-hmm. into um, an objectified space. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I think it's, um, I mean, we've done episode, we did an episode on human trafficking That's this is kind of what we're talking about. So, you know, Hollywood is one version of how young women end up not making the best decisions for themselves and getting and getting trapped and psychologically manipulated and uh, raped and and um and then blamed and then blamed for being in that situation in the first place, which is like they just wanted to be an act, you know, they just wanted a job and an act and wanted to be an actor and then under and were and was under the belief that this is the way they had to do it right which is just so terrible and then ultimately too in this episode you know she's drugged they give her a psychotropic drug before she goes out on stage and then they basically take her away and say okay well you're great and you're not going to be the next you know um celine dion but we're gonna make we think you'd be better as a porn star right and then that's what she's got to do.
1: Yeah. And then it. it
0: and gets, so then he and then you reflect on him. Right? right. So then it's him. He and then he see he turns on one day his screens that are like 360 in your room and he's watching her perform sex acts. And, and he realizes.
1: Yeah. you and, and here's the thing, too, that we didn't mention. But if you run out of merits, merits sure. then you can't. Fast forward, like you get so many merits to go almost like I want to skip this commercial or I want to skip this. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to be forced to watch this. Well, he had run out of them because he had given her some. So when this ad comes up that she's on, he can't, he doesn't have anything left to skip through it. And then to add insult to injury when he turns away, because again, this is like 1984, right? And the thought police and everyone's watching him. All this really loud screeching starts to happen in an effort to get him to almost like a clockwork orange mo- moment, really yeah. like, nope, we're going to peel your eyes open and you have to watch her. Yep. Um, otherwise you're going to either go deaf or go crazy from this sound. So mm-hmm. you get one or two, ch- this you get to choose this or choose that.
0: Well, and she agrees to it too. Like she agrees to the, like, I think she has a choice at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Which would be
1: true in certain situations as well. Like, okay, I'll do what I need to do to yeah. get where I need to be. Yeah.
0: That's exactly how it was. And then he, for giving, so then, so this is just the, I think this is really relevant. And so then he is seen as the recruiter, like a gang mentality. He's seen as the recruiter of her. Yeah. He gave them something of value. And then, so then he gets this really palatial apartment and doesn't have to live in the box anymore. So he gets rewarded as well. For objectifying her for selling her yeah basically yeah he bought her he bought yes, her he did and he, he bought sold her. her and then he sold her yeah for the apartment yeah but he's also sort of kind of given a choice but not really given a choice right. it's like how to survive in this world what is he gonna stay in the box forever right
1: and then again he could be blamed for that right but it's uh, the, at that point the damage had already been done i'd take the
0: apartment too it's yeah. like there's no saving her it's like i don't i don't I don't need to be a martyr. Yeah. Like I tried to do a good thing. So I, uh, the things I was reading was talking about how it was like agreeing to a small thing makes it easy to agree to a big thing. Mm-hmm. Was what I was reading about this episode when I mm-hmm. was kind of checking it out and thinking about it. It's like you agree to a small thing. Cause she had trouble agreeing to go on the show. Mm-hmm. And it, here's the thing as an audience member, you want her to go on the show. Right. Cause you don't, no for one. Mm-hmm. But, and she's a great voice. And she has a great voice. And you think he's doing this really beautiful thing. And so for me, it also felt like, um, it felt like codependency lesson. It felt like, um, meddling in other people's lives. It felt like, you know, like a lot of things came flooding in. I'm not saying that's what he was doing. It's just, When I extrapolate it out into the real world, I'm thinking like, when we think we're doing something nice for someone else by sacrificing something of our own, Mm -hmm. we don't know what the outcome is going to be.
1: No, and we could end up, resenting that person if they don't do yeah. what we expected them to do with it
0: oh god and that happens constantly and i the, was just having a conversation in the therapy room with the client the other <laughs> yes, day about
1: yes. um her desperate need for external validation and the meaning and purpose she finds from helping others but with this tie to you know and her she has not enough insight to be able to say yeah i find myself getting really irritated when they don't listen to me (laughs) and have a whole conversation about like, well, yeah. And they're, you know, and you're personalizing that and kind of setting yourself up for ongoing disappointment because, um, that's what can happen.
0: Absolutely. And then, and then I end up having conversations with people about uh, gift giving and about, uh, heroism in our profession. So Mm -hmm. sometimes younger people in the field, and I don't mean age wise, I just mean newer people in the field. Um, you know they' they're we're all attracted to this field for various reasons, and often one of those reasons is because we feel like we can help mm-hmm. right but that can get out of control <laughs> in the sense that then we feel like especially with certain people, like you'll have a a certain person that will trigger inside of you that you can save them. Mm-hmm. And that happens so regularly and is so human. And so when I talk to newer people in the field, it's like unraveling that and like unwrapping that as a piece of like the codependency that starts to happen and the expectations. It's like, well, I told them I gave them the advice that they needed to do X, Y, Z. And they're just not doing it. I'm like, yeah, they're not ready to do it. So right. what now? Na- what next? Like you don't have any control about You've, it's your side of the street. You've done what you can on your side of the street and you have to let go of the outcomes. And that is so freaking hard. That's
1: hard for a lot of people and the investment, um, feeling because everyone wants to believe they're good enough to be able to shift something in someone else. And I think the hardest part is, is depersonalizing it and letting go of your part in that. And this is sort of the conversation I was having with her was, um, you're really personalizing this person's reaction or lack of reaction or lack of movement to, Mm -hmm. to your, and I, and I used, um, my work as an example. I said, I, I, I'm in a helping profession. Um, so I've had to learn over time, you know, the, how many people, I said I've had people get up and scream at me for not being able to fix something for them or for them completely disagreeing with, uh, something I've said to them, I go, if I took all of that home, a lot of times they're not even really yelling at me.
0: Oh no. It's, right. Yeah. So often not.
1: how do you get to a place where, because you're not ever really going to effectively be able to help someone if it's your agenda and it's your investment, your, 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 your stuff will get in the way of really connecting. I mean, you just have to let that go, but that just takes
0: awareness and it takes time and 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 ego strength. Yeah. Boundaries and Mm. and all of that stuff. And, and I don't want to give the impression that we know how to do this all the time. Mm. The point, the, my, my point in bringing it up is more that you can be in this profession for five decades and still be working this Mm -hmm. that's why it's called a practice and different (laughs) clients will clients will pull this out of you where others may not yeah i mean kathy and i could be talking about a case or you know consulting with each other and i could say man this client is bringing up X, Y, like all this stuff like all of my personal stuff. And so I'm having um, the way I use it, the language I use is they're pulling it from you. Mm-hmm. They're pulling it from me. In other words, their psyche, their what they are doing and how, what, and then what I have to do is say, okay, if they're pulling it from me, that's really good information because my reactions are good information in the room. And so they're pulling it from me. That means they pull it from everyone in in their lives and so let's look at that as a pattern blah 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 and we go from there but yeah it's um it's something we're always working in the profession and i think this episode does a good i mean that's what i that's a little like adjunct piece that i got from it Mm -hmm. when he was doing his thing um so we're gonna take a break and we'll come right back and talk uh see if there's anything we forgot about this episode and we'll go on to episode three thank you we'll be right back. While we take a break, go follow us on Instagram at Terror Talk Podcast, Twitter at Talk Terror, or on our Facebook page, Halloween All Year Long. If you prefer email, it's terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. So reach out. If you like us, you can help us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page. We upload new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Keep coming back, but first, stick around for more of our show everybody we're back so we are discussing the black mirror series uh season one and we have moved our way to episode three which is called the entire history of you and kathy was saying in the break that this was her favorite one of season one the, this one um brought
1: up s- i think it i don't know if triggers the right word but i feel like this one is in some ways the most dangerous because Mm -hmm. memory is tricky but when we think about um how we oftentimes heal it's being further and further away from situations Mm -hmm. and time going by and letting things go Mm -hmm. and so this episode um I'll just give the little recap here. It's in the near future, everyone has access to a memory implant that records everything they do see and hear. You need never forget a face again, but is that always a good thing? So basically people have these implants behind their ear where they can go back to any time in their life and they have like this little gadget, almost like a remote. It's real tiny that they can flip through like they would on uh, their iPad or a DVD player or something, you can go back to certain memories. And and then they're at this like little shut, these shutters go over their eyes and it almost flips up like a screen inside their head where they can go back to that memory and relive it. So, in some ways, it'd be great. I could go back to any trip I ever wanted to or any relationship I wanted stuff. to. Yeah. But then you can also go back and obsess on the bad things or the traumatizing things. And you can certainly really. Um, use this as a way to manipulate and control other people, blackmail them. I think we would see more obsession, um, more anger, more murders. Um, so some of the, before we get into this discussion, some of the, the words that came up for me were perseveration, obsession, recall, time is no longer a
0: cure and intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was your reaction to this episode? My reaction was that it, It spoke so clearly, actually, to my dissertation research. Mm -hmm. On trauma, right? Yeah, well, my... Or memory. Yeah, my dissertation research is about how we remember, in other words, um, reconnoiter, (laughs) remember, Mm. like literally how you member things in your mind. Um, We remember our memories and we that is part of the healing part of therapy. And it's part of the healing part of writing our own stories is that we remember the events in our mind and we switch them around and we create new narratives over time. It's why when people come into therapy and they're like, Oh, I just, I tell you this story all the time. Why do I keep talking about it? And I have very clear answers for that. I'm like, no, I want you to keep telling me the story. Cause did you know that every time you tell me the story, you change it. And so part of, psychological healing in many ways and there's lots of things that's healing about therapy but writing memoir writing your own story talking about your own stories and telling your own stories is a piece of how we heal and that is bit my that's basically my dissertation in a nutshell so this episode speaks right to that it's like if you take away that ability to create memories because as i um, what I'm sure Kathy would say is that uh the brain changes the memory every time you remember it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that a lot of people know that. <laughs> and I think, I, so. I and I think a lot of
1: people have the misconception about uh, the difference between like mastery and rumination. So mm-hmm. you, like, I'm sure you've heard this working with clients who've gone through trauma. It doesn't help me to retell my story. I've actually heard that that can be more re-traumatizing. And so when people bring up like, well, I have told it a million times and it still hurts or whatever. Mm -hmm. That person could be more intellectualizing it too. It's really easy to just say a script versus really processing what's being said. And like how you said, um, how they're remembering it and going through it in more of like a mastering way versus just telling a story and being stuck. So, um, I just want to clarify because I know there's a lot of research that people will say going in and retelling your story when you've been traumatized can actually be more hurtful. I don't find that to be true. I think that that's lacking, um, some of what shannon is talking about which is there's there's
0: work when you're talking through that you're not just telling the story yeah i mean there's there's a guidance and i and i know that a lot of the traumatists and people that are working in the trauma industry and doing things like somatic experiencing and emdr and different things have different points of view Mm -hmm. around trauma and telling your story um I am with you. I do not find that it is retraumatizing because I happen to be an apt guide in that area. Mm-hmm. And I think you are an apt guide as well. So yes, an undifferentiated allowing people to go into their body and retraumatize themselves in the moment mm-hmm. um, is a, is a thing that we avoid and we don't take people farther than they are capable of going. And there's a lot of structure around that. So mm-hmm but the other thing i wanted to mention by what what you were saying which is which is really great is that you know part of what i'm working on too in this is that and the reason why i used memoir or writers my subjects are writers who have written a personal memoir is that we craft a memoir we craft our stories in the therapeutic room so any therapist knows that one of the assessment tools you're using with a client is what they choose to tell you. And so how they choose to tell that story, what they choose to leave out that you eventually realize, um, what they choose to amplify or what they choose to blow off, you know, those are all the way you listen to a story is is part of the assessment and it's the therapy. It's part of the therapy. And so we're doing that in all ways. So, in this world, in this show, it would still be it would still be applicable to see, and it is applicable when we're watching the show to see what people choose to delete, mm-hmm. what people choose to ruminate on, um, what people want to change. So all of that piece of because I don't want to say that it's like a terrible world or whatever, but it's like some of that would still be relevant. But the piece you're talking about is like if we were able to erase everything we thought in a moment was bad and redo it a thousand times i mean there is just no good that can come from that and no good comes from it in this episode (laughs) how could you ever be present yeah and that's what ends up happening right so so what ends up happening is it's this guy the main character and he's in a relationship and there's some friends involved as well and he's reliving what she cheated on him or something
1: he suspects that one of her close friends and acquaintance of his Mm -hmm. by the way that they engage that there's something going on with them and he starts to accuse her of it denying it and blah 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 and Mm -hmm. he finally like pins her down and grabs her little remote or whatever enforces her to play to, those because because by the way in this in this episode they can play memories for each other so you can you can see into other people's if you memories. have their little
0: controller thingy yeah
1: I, I mean but I just remember like at the very first scene at the party one of the guys had one of his memories on and they were all watching it gotcha. so um, like I
0: could play the memory of us going to a haunted house for yeah, us at a party yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah so um and somebody else may not have even was there, but couldn't, could, could come in on our memory. So anyway, mm-hmm. he gets her to then finally, he, um, gets her to show them having sex. The, the, the guy it's that his,
0: it's an X,
1: it's, it's an X, but so she, she also goes, had yeah. minimized how yeah. long they had been together. Yeah. And so anyway, we don't even need to get into that piece of it, but more so he finds the truth by being able to tap into her memory and he loses his shit. And goes over to the guy's house and comes very close to killing him
0: because mm-hmm. they're obviously already having trouble in their relationship. Yeah, and so he starts to.
1: I could see where this with um if you were with a pathological narcissist, mm-hmm. how this could be incredibly dangerous.
0: Yeah, because it's chaos making, and you'd be you'd be trying to get to the truth constantly. Oh yeah, and- he just would ha- he or she would just have to be right, right, and being in your mind all the time, right, and um. It's a little bit of what happens to this guy as mm-hmm. he starts to obsess. And it just goes to show you, we can all sort of turn into the. Well, again, the show is about the darker truths about mm-hmm. human nature. So this was his dark side. Yeah, this is his shadow. This is his dark side. This is paranoia and fear and insecurity and all kinds of things. And try. I mean, you can imagine how many people would not be able to, with avoid doing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is that we would, I mean, I would argue that we would all be capable of it because- Look look at how much we
1: are on our phones right now and we can't get off that. Imagine if we had this, no one would ever be, we're not present on our phones. So imagine being able to tap into memories and being able to completely check out, this would be such a form of addiction. Mm Mm-hmm that if people wanted to escape reality they could go back and live in memories constantly, constantly and be shut out it's a really good episode for people to watch because i think it there is a metaphorical draw to iPhones and things that people can get sucked into during the day where they can escape being present mm-hmm. going yeah. down the google rabbit hole and finding oh, yeah. stuff you know this is really close to that mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Addiction certainly is one of the things that came up for me when I was watching it. And, um, and then, um, the idea of deleting things. Yeah. Yeah. And and because that's a momentary decision. And Mm so, you know, of course I've had clients, hell, I've even had friends and loved ones say, God, I just really wish I could go back and not see, not have seen that or not remember that. Or do you
1: think when they deleted it, I think they could still remember it. They just couldn't go back to the actual memory.
0: It, they could go back and relive it, right?
1: They could go back and relive it if it wasn't deleted. But okay, once it yeah. was deleted, it's not that they forgot it ever happened. I think they just couldn't go back and relive it. Mm-hmm. Because there's one, the one character who remembers she, she gets
0: hers torn out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, you which, could. You have that choice. Yeah. Wasn't there a woman at the dinner party that was like... I
1: don't think she had a choice. I think something happened, and then oh. she said that... She was glad she didn't have it. And the other people around the table were like, man, I don't know if I could not have this. Just like yeah. thinking about her phones or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end, he's so tormented by it, he fucking rips his own right out.
0: Yeah. People choose to do it and they call it something. I'm, I apologize yeah. to the listener. You guys probably remember what it's yeah. called and we're kind of struggling to remember the details, but mostly because we're we're looking at the psychological aspects and not so much the context of it. But I do think it's an interesting thing where there are people and they call them something. Do you remember too? They were like, I'm really sorry that happened to you or whatever. She's like, it's okay. I actually prefer it.
1: Like they were yeah, looking yeah. at it
0: like it was this. And those are the people that have decided to not, use it anymore or got it cut out Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and that you could make that decision I like how they introduced that because that really shines like a hindsight view on it about addiction Mm -hmm. because it's like people could say you know what this is really not a good thing for my life and it's really creating Mm -hmm. havoc in my relationships and in my mind and I'm sick because of it Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to live life pure or whatever they call it. And those people are essentially saying, oh, I'm so sorry you can't have a drink. I'm so sorry you can't. They are. They're like, oh, that's too bad. You can't relive your third grade spelling bee win. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, I'm actually good. (laughs) Good. Thanks. And she was the healthiest out of the bunch. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's I mean, that's exactly what I've kind of was thinking the whole time is that those of us and like I've been talking about my dissertation, like. That's part of the healthy thing is Mm -hmm. that we we talk about our stories and we move them and shift them and they Mm -hmm. change. And and that's why I always talk to couples about you guys are going to remember the same moment differently. So fighting about. No, that's not what happened. No, this is what happened. Like it's It's one experience versus the other. It's basically science fiction because you're not going to come to a consensus. You're going to remember it differently because that's the way the brain works. Right. Like you have no choice in that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's a moot point. It is a moot point. And so, I mean, everyone who's ever been in a relationship has gotten into that argument. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just day to day, but yeah, it's a fascinating. I agree. I thought this one was, was my favorite and it was certainly one that I could use like in a teaching setting yeah. or, um, you know, to refer people to, or to talk about, yeah. because I, it also was the most, uh, grounded in reality. I in think a, so too. Um, just she, the context. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we have similar devices. They might not be implanted, Yeah. but we have, it's very easy to get information quickly. Yeah. Add it. Oh, I'm going to show you right now. I'm going to pull it right up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Here you go. Yeah. We do it all the time. There's that picture you wanted me to race. Well, yeah. I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people are asking me questions, like, oh, well, just Google that. I'm sure you'll get the answer. Yep. <laughs> I'd rather talk about what you think the answer is. Yeah. Or well, maybe use your brain for a minute so you don't get demented. Yeah. How about like, that? hey, grow yeah. some neurons. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So that's season one. Unless yeah. I mean, as a reflection over the whole season, all three of them, I can tell you that I was a little bit tired after watching all of them. It's, it's a mental gymnastics.
1: Yeah. It might take me a while to do an, another episode. Not because the episode is our episode recording is draining, but going through these episodes and watching them, especially with, what's going on in the world right now. Like there's only so much heaviness I can watch Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, they're great. It's a great show. I just, I have to do it in doses.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's why I said maybe every few months and Mm -hmm. you know, there's only three episodes and, um, is every, I thought there was five episodes in some. Yes, but I'm just talking about season two. Oh, okay. There's season two, there's three episodes and then there's also a special, um, that they did. So let's say four, four episodes. Um, and yeah, they get, they get longer later, but what, so yeah, our, my thought process in looking at the next several months of episodes is that I'll just, you know, we'll just pick one and we'll do yeah. season two and that'll okay. just be a, I mean, my God, some of this stuff we talk about on this show, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, reading about Richard Ramirez for yeah. like two months. I mean, this is what we do here. We, we read and talk about, um, difficult stuff. So that's true. Thank you. We are going to take a break and we're going to come back and get a little bit lighter with our what the hell. So we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. We're back. We're going to do our what the hell segment. And I believe Kathy is going first. You ready? Yes, I'm so ready.
1: A newser from WOIO calls it a botched prison escape in Ohio that ended in a quote, embarrassing fashion, unquote. (laughs) ABC 7 calls it, quote, an epic fail, quote. Okay. Or should it be epic fall? Oh, boy. It was all of these things for Jessica (laughs) Boomershine. I love how you read these. (laughs) It's so like ABC
0: 7 News.
1: (laughs) Who was caught on surveillance camera determinedly trying to find her way out of a lounge-like area in the Montgomery County Jail in Dayton. Both media outlets have a clip which shows Boomershine, with other inmates casually watching, standing on a kiosk seat, and looking up at the ceiling. Sounds like my cat. (laughs) It does. She then drags a chair over, climbs atop, climbs atop the kiosk monitor. (laughs) I was wondering why you're pausing. I'm like, climbs atop. And apparently removes a ceiling tile. (laughs) That part can't be seen on screen. That they put that in there. She then hoists herself up, and her legs disappear out of view. Well, the ceiling apparently wasn't made to withstand escapees. However, debris starts to fall just seconds later, followed by the ceiling completely <laughs> giving way, leaving her legs dangling. Correction officers are in the room. Okay, <laughs> just just picture this. I am. No, this oh, next okay. next statement okay. I'm about to make correction officers are in the room by this point and they grab her legs she eventually lets go of the ceiling and crashes down to the ground a trash can breaking her head's fall (laughs) boomershine now has escaped and vandalism charges tacked on to charges she was already facing including kidnapping Felony assault, burglary, robbery, and grand theft related to an attack on an 85-year-old man, per ABC7.
0: <laughs> the name Boomershine. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Her
1: head, <laughs> and the, a trash can breaks or fall like her fucking head just smashes down. I picture like one of those really loud metal trash yeah. cans,
0: you know? Oh, that's what like, I was picturing, like too. Oscar the
1: Grouch trash can. Yeah, yeah, that was what
0: I was picturing to like clamored, <sighs> yeah. it clamors, you know, <laughs> like the clamoring, as they say. <laughs> oh, the visual of that one was too good. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so mine's mine's pretty quick, but again, I have I have an additional thought. Okay. Drainer, what the hell because we're trying to beef them up a little because we like them and they're, yeah. we, we enjoy ourselves with okay. this. So this one is, uh, all right. When an attempted robbery at a Lowe's home improvement store went awry, Ugh. Milton J. Hodges fled after the attempted robbery across the street and jumped a fence. Fine. Fine. That's so what, far fine. That's what we would do. Yeah. Unfortunately, when he jumped the fence, he was found himself at the Cypress Cove nudist resort and spa. (laughs) Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, dangling bits of goodness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. As the Orlando, yeah, Florida, as the Orlando (laughs) Sentinel pointed out, as one of the only folks wearing clothing, it wasn't that difficult to find them, (laughs) find him, sorry. So Hodges was easily spotted by police and apprehended so that's like a fish out of water thing uh, right like um jump the fence wow oh wow Oh dangly bits mm-hmm. my goodness yeah. and then also pretty obvious that you're the guy like yeah. there's no blending in unless no. you know he should have just stripped down
1: yeah he like, should that would no, be have been, been a smart criminal move
0: although you know the, there's something about the way nudist colony people look you never know. Hodges might fit in there. He His might. name is Milton. I have no oh, idea. He yes. might fit in, but also he wouldn't have had a tan and they would. That's true. So he would still be sticking out like a. Or he would. Sore if he did have a tan, he'd have tan lines. Oh, that would have made sense. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. So one of the things that I'm enjoying doing is telling y'all about um, the dumb laws that oh, are happening right. around. Yeah. So last week was Alabama and the um, no stink bombs or confetti, spray confetti. Um, So now we are going to Alaska. So Alaska, uh, no getting drunk in a bar, if you can imagine. So in Alaska, it's illegal to be drunk in a bar. Um, Per state laws, a person who is already drunk may not knowingly enter a bar to drink more or remain in the bar that got them drunk in the first place. Mm-hmm. Confusing or cruel? That's what this article says. Yes. <laughs> Outdated? Confusing or and cruel? Yes. Outdated? Sadly, no. Police actually enforce it. Okay. I don't know. I think we need to know these things because just in case, again, on the proverbial um, fantasy road trip after the coronavirus is over, we've already been to Alabama where we we cannot use silly string.
1: What if we want to do a horror convention in Alaska
0: and stop in and have a drink? Exactly. Nope. As I have to be monitoring you as to whether you are drunk. That's true. And you have to be monitoring me. And then if we both get drunk, we can't. No. Apparently, we need to hire a monitor. I was just, to, <laughs> that was just about to come out of my mouth. So, if anyone wants to volunteer, come to Alaska with us for a convention. Yeah. But she can't drink. Whatever that convention is, um, we aren't allowed to knowingly go into the bar already drunk, which, you know, people top off before they go to the bar to save some money. Yeah. Um, and we also can't stay in the bar once we know we're drunk. Now, how would you test to know if you knew? How would I know that you knew that you were drunk? need to be
1: a witness. Uh, h- uh, how would you know if I was drunk? <laughs>
0: no. Or if I knew I was drunk? How would you know that I knew that I was drunk? In other words, it's about oh. intent, oh, right? Oh, right? The law right, is kind right, of about right. intent. No, like I wouldn't. How bit. could I possibly know what your intent was? Well, and I wouldn't know, like, you wouldn't know when I realized I was drunk unless I was drunk and said something stupid, which is this totally... Is now just getting cyclical. I know, I like yeah. it. It's kind of, Yeah, yeah I'm enjoying it. Um, thank you for listening. You're uh, welcome. This is the... <laughs> Not you. Thanks for showing up. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon.
1: It is Terror Talk. And this is Kathy.
0: (laughs) Sleep safe, stay quarantined, social distance. hope you enjoyed this episode of terror talk if you enjoyed this show there are two things you could do for us subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media as well as writing a review on itunes plus you could check out our patreon page don't hesitate to contact us on twitter instagram or facebook we upload new episodes of terror talk every wednesday and of shrink chat every friday until then goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow